strong. And, and all of a sudden listen to it and uh objectively because usually you're playing you're you're in a player's mind but now you can sit back and do your own stuff and go hmm that's wow that's really kind of cool i like that but i think i want to do a little more with it my wife has uh helped me as well in the you know producing she'll suggest different ideas and things like that i'm 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 the creative creative guy but like you know faith in me i originally let's say wrote it as a an 80s power rock ballad kind of in a band idea so she goes why don't you try something different you've got a new resonator guitar playing some slide i wanted to play a blues song right so he says why don't you write write it in a blues style just change the entire style rewrite the song go go open tuning (laughs) well exactly so so i i i i played around with the resonator and i came up with a really good uh a really good swampy guitar lick for the main thing. And I thought, okay, well, let's just try it and put an entire new melody to the words. So the, the words stood, but the, the song's been entirely redone. So that's the magic of music. You can you can take a good set of lyrics and completely redesign the music. You know what I mean? And it's a completely wide open palette. And that's, it's really interesting when you start getting into music writing. And, you know, if there's a spark of inspiration, you can follow that every time, right? and take it to where it needs to go. That's uh, wonderful. The thing I, I always find fascinating with artists like yourself is there's there's ideas that you uh, have and sometimes shelf. And they can That's be right. shelved and they could be shelved for ten years. You know, yep. and then one day you say, All right, you know, you find yourself in a situation where you're taking on a project where Okay, let me take this off the shelf and see what I could do with it. And it's amazing how many um, great pieces of work come out of those shelf uh, tunes. Sometimes, yeah, or, or like a practice routine sort of sort of starts. Like you know, that's how the song Elevation started. As, as sort of a, I, I was I was just trying to work my my fingers in like kind of a banjo roll kind of a mm-hmm. kind of. A, Thing. I, was, I was working on some different Jerry Reed tunes. Jerry Reed's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of Tommy Emanuel camps. When I, I got interested in you know, finger picking, I met him back in 2012 and saw a show and I mean, he blew my head off. Like such a, it's like I gotta gotta have more of that. So finger picking is a whole art. You'll hear a lot of that in there. Like a lot of times, even when I play electric now, I have a thumb pick on because you can really add some interesting mm-hmm. texture, you know, some some di- some different way of you know doing your six and you know nine different forms on the guitar or if you're more pedal steel like and mm-hmm. more you know piano kind of chords so i've been kind of you know developing my my own thing but you know I, apart from elevation it kind of started as a picking routine and all of a sudden it's like wow okay i can feel something happening here so it's like sure all of a sudden there's the song and there, there's the song and the melody just travels through it and it's like it becomes infectious same with Seasons. Seasons was kind of the same way. Um, I'd been working on a song uh, and and done it many times, like White Summer, Black Mountainside by Zeppelin, right? And he does it in the, the I think it's open, uh, it's like a double drop D or open G. I, I think it's O-A-G. Open G, yeah. So, so yeah, so I was playing in that tuning and it has this real kind of mobile sound to it. And I was I was just moving some some different chord shapes around with that working with the picking pattern and, and the song 
seasons appeared, right? So mm-hmm. that's like, like when you when you hear that song, you're gonna go, "Wow, where did that come from?" Well, that's that that was where you know it started was in the Zeppelin era, but you know where that's like an old idea that I had when I first started finger picking that I I brought in and I worked an arrangement around with it and uh, and finished the idea. So, but uh, it's uh, it's a really interesting kind of thing. You can you can really get things moving. And uh, paint an interesting moving melody. It's almost like a piano crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, so is El- is Elevation your first album? Uh, it's the first actual legitimate album. I've, I've done some other stuff on my own. It's more like demos and that. But I've never produced mm-hmm. anything or put it. This is the first commercial album I've done. But John is it so? It, but it's under John Dorsch yeah. albums. Elevation. Just so, so everybody. <laughs> Just so the, the the fans and listeners could go out and buy it <laughs> and download it and upload well, it. Well, you download it really, yeah. Yeah, you can get it on streaming there. I have I have a, a whack of CDs here made, but you'd have to do uh, you know uh, contact me through the website. There's contact form there, or email me, and yeah, we'll, ship one. we're gonna at the at the end we'll get all your information so we yeah. can relay that yeah. so that everybody they can, yeah uh, basically start stalking you. So how how has the album been doing for you? <laughs> uh, I, you. I, it's been it's been quite a surprise. I felt quite a joy uh, finishing it because it took two years. Like it took me a year to record the whole album. Wow! Because you, you know you start you start with eight songs and you end up with fifteen. So like some of them are pretty elaborate uh, arrangements. Um, I had hired two drummers at different times. You know what I mean to to do that, and they both failed. So. So at the end of the day, you, you they've got really, Both really failed. Yeah, they just like you know you hire somebody for twenty five dollars an hour to to come up with drum patterns, you know, and, and they just you know after five months of not doing anything, you have to pull the plug, right? At the end of the day, oh yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> so so I ended up programming those drums using Superior Drummer by uh, Tune Track, and it mm-hmm. took about you know a month and a half of. Of learning how to operate that because like i do have drums in my background i played in a drum corps i did triple drums i did snare work well, well, i'm you not did a drum corps wow oh well that's that's some uh, serious that's drumming <laughs> i could play accordion and my i was good but when i started playing uh, acoustic guitar my rhythm was so bad that the the guitar player said i, I we're gonna have to straighten your rhythm up because we can't can't play together it's not working you have to you have to start to feel where the beat of the music he says i have a friend glenn schofield he's a pro drummer actually just happened to be in smith falls with the lamplighters drum corps so he sent me over there and i met him and uh i says well let's let's get you started on on some drumming that'll fix you like in two months now like i've got the beat i can i know when i'm on beat or off beat mm-hmm. i can hear it all the time you can, you can push the beat or whatever but count it out you know, that at two months of paradiddles and playing and, and all of that just really straightened it all out. And I recommend that for anybody because mm-hmm. it's not what you play. It's also what you don't play in between the notes and the swinging and, you know, swinging notes and, and moving them, you know, the creep. Right. So, so there was that in there too. So I, I eventually, um, I had like basic drum machine tracks on, on the songs, but you know, I went through and, and painstakingly put down my own drum you know, like using the, the professional samples that are on there. So, so what you hear isn't is is me actually physically drumming the keyboard. So, if you know what I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's really amazing. So I had to learn. I had to learn that. So it's like you know, at the you know, it's like 
everybody likes to talk support, but it's at, at one point you end up having to rely on yourself to get stuff done for some reason. But <laughs> pandemic lethargy, everybody, you know, just wants to play in a cover band and, you know, get free beer or whatever they're after. But you know, <laughs> everybody has a different motivator, right? So <laughs> do you go out? Do you go out and play at all? I still do. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll be at a wedding tomorrow night. We're playing in a beautiful outdoor, you know, historic barn wedding tomorrow night. I have. There's a group of guys from Brockville, which isn't too far from me. That I play lead guitar and I sing probably I don't know eight or ten of the songs during the night. So I, I kind of moonlight as a, a hired guitar player for another okay. band. We're playing play mostly covers, but with my original stuff, I play with my wife and we do an acoustic duet, kind of coffee house style. We're we're up that's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. I, and and the cool thing is, um, you can't fire her. <laughs> she can't go sick. So. She was serving <laughs> serving you per- papers. But um, uh, no, that's 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 phenomenal. Especially you know if you, your, you know, your spouse is is musically inclined. Mine is uh, ex violin player. Um, can't sing. Uh, wants to get back into violin, won't do it. I don't know, but she knows music, you know. So, but it's cool. So she could un- she understands, and she's been around it for so many years, and and she gets it. But that's cool that you're able to work with your wife on that level. She's a great, she's a great singer, and you know, I I was playing rehearsing with other bands, you know, um, probably around. Well, we worked together for a number of years, but we didn't know each other, you know, romantically sort of thing until. She ended up showing up at some of my live band shows because she's a music lover, right? So we, she actually met me, but, um, you know, I'm a retired police officer. She was the uh, dispatcher and actually was my dispatcher for probably five, seven years. And then she became the extra duty coordinator, which, you know, if you have, they have a construction or have to shut down the highway, pay the higher extra officer. So she was hiring me at one point and popped my picture up on her computer, which shows up when she books people. And he goes, oh, I know him. He's that guitar player in the band. So that's how she figured out who I was, right? So anyway, um, fa- fast forward. So so anyway, we're 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 together, and I'd had a the band in the living room practicing, and you know, for whatever reason, I'm working on different vocals and different different stuff, and she would sing along in harmony, and it's like we discovered that organically. So mm-hmm. when things um shut down we were already kind of singing together you know playing our own kind of little cover list at home of, of fun stuff like Ray Montang or whatever mm-hmm. was going on and um you know what's a James um anyway James, oof, my memory's gone yeah James Taylor anyway so James Taylor yeah that was the name yeah anything with finger style and singing and harmony or James Taylor you know, amazing amazing all this stuff Going to Carolina, but he's 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 one of those anomalies. Like you just, anytime in any point of his career, you could watch him play anything and just be. That's true. You know, just wow, this guy's on a different planet. Really, just a genius. Um, so, John, are you retired from uh, the I, force? I retired in twenty twenty one, so it's like. The uh, pandemic hit, so I hung in for an extra year on mm-hmm. that, just because it was like you know you want you don't want to retire in an emergency, right? So that would right. Be 
So especially if they're going to pay you triple time. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wasn't interested in that. So it's, yeah, I I I put it in my time, and I I I probably you know mentally should have retired a couple of years earlier than that. I wouldn't recommend going a full thirty years of my my job. It's that it's not so up. It's you know, tough. It's it's very tough. I have I have friends that are in it, and I have a good friend of mine that I performed with for years, who was a deputy down here, who was uh, actually part of the motorcycle. He he trains the officers on motorcycle riding, but he's been on the force twenty something. He's trying to get to thirty, and it's it's just it's tough. It's it's, it's hard. Hell, it's tough to do ten, let alone thirty. Well, there's been different uh, issues that pop up. You know, it's like you never know. You know, everybody's strong and built built well inside that, you know, can take all that. But, you know, mm. you can't show up at these, you know, serious disasters over and over and over and over again for like years without having to shut it off and, and deal with stuff later on. Right? Yeah. So after a while, after a while, you realize it's probably time to throw up the white flag. I don't it takes it anymore. Yeah. So, you, you you know, for your own health, it's time to mm-hmm. kind of stop the shift work. For your own mental that's health. Why they, that's, that's why, it, yeah, that's part of what music was, was refilling the well. Yes. Right? So, absolutely. Right. So good. The last few years was really, really bad in enforcement around, I think it was 2019 on, there was a lot of enforcement officers and, you know, paramedics and, you know, first responders ending their lives because it's, <laughs> they're just not obviously dealing with, with life. And, uh, you know, so that's what the song Save Just One More Life was about. You know, can we just save one more life? Mm-hmm. And that would maybe, you know, the paramedic or the officer, right? So, right, anyway. right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so anyway, what are you, what are you going to be up to next? Are you, are you starting on a new album? Well, we like to, since, since retirement, we've been uh, traveling a bit in the wintertime. So it's like we decided we wanted to see a bit of the world. I had. Okay. You know, I have three kids, so I didn't do a lot of traveling. I went to work and, you know, raised a family. And, you know, I was, you know, I was an assistant hockey coach for a number of years with three kids in minor hockey, like my daughter plays, my, my twin boys play. So it was oh, like, great. it's awesome. Three kids on the ice at one time. So, but, uh, so now I, I'm kind of free again and, and we can do that. So, um, I find travel inspires my music mm-hmm. quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'll get a lot of ideas. So I, I carry a guitar with me. I carry a, a zoom recorder and you know capture everything i used to miss because you know all those great ideas you go oh yeah okay whatever and but now i don't miss them anymore you forget them. right right so I what do you uh john what do you pat what, what do you bring it on the road with you you bring in a, a, a nice taylor acoustic on the road yeah let's see some of your guitars there john <laughs> i see the paul i see the i see this the the uh telly what do you do acoustically? You got a Taylor or Martin? Oh, there we go. This is, this is my my Maiden eight. Yeah, it's a Maiden eight hundred eight, and you can see it was autographed by you know, um, sorry, Tommy Emmanuel right there. So, wow, wow, right there. That's amazing. So I, I got him. I got him to autograph it a second time on the back of the headstock as well. So that's so incredible. Yeah, that's his particular model. It's it's one of my my favorite. It's, so this one here is my 89 custom Let's Ball. Uh, and this is fabulous guitar. It is it is heavy as hell on the shoulder, but you did know, you leave me that as well? well. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything, any anything is 
festival. So <laughs> I'd have a Seymour, Seymour Duncan in the back of this one here. It sort of adds a little more oomph to it. And Oh, yeah. But you, you, it's not a, a fuzzy pickup <laughs> anyways. And then this they, have, other, they have a lot of good bite to them. This is my uh, my Fender Custom Tele. And wow. this one has the most absolutely beautiful, beautiful, you know, curly maple neck. I don't know if you yes. can see that. Yes. Here. But, you know, I love the rosewood. This thing makes, yes. makes every every sound great. Um, this is my one of my main amps over here. So it's like my Marshall JCM 800. You know, I used the 800s for so many years. Is that a 50 watt or? A, or... That's a hundred. So it's a hundred. Okay. Yeah, I like the headroom because, like, when you want to get spanky, spanky clean mm -hmm. or twanky, mm -hmm. the, the telly comes great through it. It does some really, really good sparkly stuff. Um, I have a Gibson J, um, uh, J, uh, what is it? J45. I have a Sunburst J45. Uh, it's not in the room right now, but that's my other main great sounding guitar. So those are the four main ones that I have a Yamaha. It's an FG um, lower line travel guitar. That's my main one I take when I travel. So that's and, the one you back up when you go on the road. And, and that's right. And it, that, on. Pretty much how you can pass it to you and it'll stay in tune with that one. You know, so. <laughs> get, get one of those mono bags. That's what you need. Exactly. So I have, I have a, it's like a, uh, it's like a backpack case for it. Yes. But it worked yes. well. And that, that guitar has gone all the way into South America, into the Amazon. So, and you know what? Oh. It stays in, it stays in tune. It plays well. And, you know, it doesn't have the depth that some of the other guitars have, but it's very functional. Keeps me playing. I can't live without playing guitar for very long. No. And, uh, yeah. So I, I trimmed it down. I used to have a whole bunch of guitars, but I found I wasn't playing them and, you know, they kind of suffer when you don't play them or, you know, the humidity wise, Canada goes up and down in temperature a lot. So, okay. It gets really difficult. I do the same thing, John. I get guitars and I just get, they, they sit on the wall or I don't play them and I just get rid of them and get something else. Like it's an, it's an, my wife is, she got to the point where it's like a box would show up at the door and she's like, oh, it looks like the size of a guitar. Or it's Where like, did this come uh, from? And you're like, I don't know. No, I don't know. No, no. Where did that come you from? I want for my birthday. I saw this really <laughs> great, and then he shows me the picture. You know, it yeah. just there's never. It's a never ending thing. You know that, John. That's another. Uh, I have another custom amplifier. It's a, it's a Trinity T uh, twelve combo. It's got tone tubbies in it. It's got. Uh, it's basically a Dumble Skyliner but done down into a 24-watt version. So I have that one at rehearsal off Rockville, so I don't ever have to lift stuff. The lifting of heavy amplifier heads and stuff is really not recommended, but, you know, right. it, you can throw your... Totally. Totally. Yeah, I was like, using... I, I had a 5150, the Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. With the yeah. Mesa Boogie. It's yeah. a thousand pounds. Like, you know, and when I was touring and, and performing, I was going... Um, straight through with a fractal you know the fractal systems the fractal ax8 um i would travel with that because then you could fly on a plane put it in your backpack you know wherever you go you just plug straight in and it had everything there for you and then i came back home and had the brilliant idea that i was going to go back to this heavy duty and after you know pulling your back out nine times just to do one gig i was like nah it's a bad idea I'm, I'm getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> I, I, know, I, used to, I used to have the big 412s and, you know, I mean, I need big stuff. 
there for a while when we were doing more touring and stuff. But, you know, it's just like moving that stuff. It's like, you don't really need any of that. It's all for show, right? So, yep. you know, with this thing does a fabulous job here. And, you know, with having two amplifiers, I just leave one where I'm going and I keep one here where I'm coming back to. So I don't really have to move them anymore. <laughs> right. Once a Perfect. Once in a while. And, and, and that's pretty good. So. But, uh, oh, you're tra- you're gonna be traveling. You're gonna do some yeah. traveling. You and your wife see the world here and there. And right. but are but are you going to do another album? Absolutely, I have yeah. I have a ton of stuff. So, um, so I I wanted to. The objective was to get this one out here, and I have a whole bunch of songs already dotted out for the the next album. That I haven't really got into working them or recording them just yet. Okay. I have them have them all recorded in ideas and and uh, logged in properly so i won't forget anything this time because that's that's what happens <laughs> you know right now, you know it's like all of a sudden you'll be in the middle of something oh there's that idea again it just popped in my head because something will trigger it right mm-hmm. and, um yeah we're gonna go to the philippines this year we're flying into there in november oh that's okay. awesome yeah <clears throat> we're gonna you know, check out vietnam and uh mm-hmm. Fortia, laos and and touring through there so I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, where does a Canadian go on vacation in the winter? (laughs) I got my answer. Anywhere where there isn't snow. So it's like, exactly. We uh, we flew all the way down to Ecuador and uh, checked out the Amazon and the Andes Mountains. It's a fabulous tour there. We were there three months. And then we did three months in Mexico. And I fell absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah, I like Mexico too. Last winter, we we did the, the Blarney months. There's so much to see there. The culture and the food and all of that is so Right, great. right. Um, and I found it really musically inspiring, Mexico, because I imagined, you know, just being like a desert with cactus. Yeah, it's absolutely not. Anyway. Yeah, really? <laughs> not, nothing like that. So anyway, I guess the uh, the spaghetti westerns weren't quite accurate. But, uh, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Yeah, so so we did that. Now we're going to check out the Philippines. And, you know, I, I like warm places, which are, you know, I was kind of thinking of, of a Jimmy Buffett kind of style vacation this time. But, you know, I know we just lost him. But uh, ah, what a hell of a career. But I, I, I'm with you on that. I love the why I live down in Tampa, Florida, you know, after growing up up in the New York City, New Jersey area. I hated the winters. But, um, I do love the warm weather, and that's some great traveling that that you've done. Yeah, uh, but Mexico uh, is a whole unique place, and I had uh, the fortune of playing in um, Hermosillo, Mexico, which is in Sonora. And uh, my wife, of course, freaked out because she went on online and read the government watch, you know, alarm list or whatever. Right, and then you fly there, and you realize that's not really what's going on. I know. I, I, you know, there's American companies all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's just beautiful families, and just, but again, John, the food, the food. It's like if you're gonna go, yeah, it's like might just you live in a taqueria the whole time, <laughs> and then you can't get out of it because that's all you want. And then there's always the better taco, like, and then, then they yeah. just keep coming. They just keep coming. There's the barbacoa, and then there's oh. all, you know, you just you know, and then the the all the different soups that they make. You know, it's like yes, oh yeah, you know that 
meet the people and then they have their own spin on and on the family meals and they're they're happy. Were you able to go to Puerto Vallarta? Did you get there? We didn't get to Puerto Vallarta. We were, we were south of that. We went to Puerto Escondido and spent quite a bit of time down there. It's like quite a surfing Mecca. And, you know, I love the open markets. like the, the mm. Yeah. Puerto Vallarta, I found to be very romantic. It's a very, very romantic area. You know, uh, I've been to a lot of places in Mexico. I had a lot of fun, a lot of crazy things. But Puerto Vallarta, just for some reason, was just so relaxing and so romantic this reminds me of the love boat whenever you say port of ice not too far i guess we're manzanillo ish from from there and then we ended up i have friends that retired two different friends actually that retired into um ahihichapala area so we ended up you know meeting people and staying in that area and then kind of going down through mexico city and then it became okay. like a, a mayan cultural experience you know yes you know, Teotihuacan, the big temple of the sudden moon. And I yeah. had no idea all of this stuff was going on there, the, the culture that was there still. But it was uh, it's fabulous, you know. It's like there's food everywhere. People are friendly. You know what I mean? I, yeah. you know, Super, super friendly. The American dollar goes up really far. <laughs> Canadian dollar, not so much. So anyway, but it goes farther down there than it does here. So maybe maybe that's where you're going to retire and move to, John. <laughs> well, I, hey, it's I do, really I cheap to live down there. there. I do enjoy the break uh, coming coming down into the U.S. We actually were into the U.S. We went to a wedding in Rhode Island just recently. And that was a fabulous trip. Too. So, yeah, Rhode Island yeah. is pretty. Very pretty. Very pretty. So. Very, very pretty area. Yes. Well, the thing about Mexico, that it, it's kind of like Italy. You know, it's so regional, like wherever you go, yeah. it's a whole different planet. Yeah. You know, whatever region, just like Italy, you go Southern Italy, you get this, you get a West, you know, same thing with Mexico. And, uh, but I was just blown away by just the, just the people and the food. It was just, and the food. Yeah. The food is unbelievable. Like the band was like, should we just pull our money together and invest in a place down here and we just not <laughs> go back? Or, you know, like we just started thinking all these open to taqueria you know it, it was just incredible well I, I thought about not coming back up here because they're they're you know like mexico is pretty pretty free wide open-minded kind of place right and canada was going south and their communism there for like we flew out in october and they locked down till the spring they they only opened up before we returned so it's like you know it's like I was, I was I was already ready to say let's let's just stay in Mexico. This is a great place, you know. Yeah, I love that place here. The food's great, you know. What I mean, so it was. You know. So maybe you'll have a little Mexicana in your in your music. I do. Well, on that album, there's a song called "On My On My Way to Mexico," and so oh, okay. I'm kind of writing about that at the time. I was thinking, oh, we were traveling to Mexico. My my wife had sworn I'm never going to go to Mexico. They kill 15,000 people every year there, blah, blah, blah. It's dangerous. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, I've worked, I've, I've worked downtown in the streets of Ottawa. It's really dangerous, okay, and worked in Toronto, like, near Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, very dangerous, like, like all through my career. You know, I, right. I didn't feel I didn't feel that element at all in Mexico. And she, she now agrees and loves Mexico, too. So, anyway. 
Well, it's it's like anything else. You know, you 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 have these uh, preconceived notions, or you have this, you know, until you experience it, and then you go, "Whoa, I was way wrong." You know, like yeah, us too. I mean, we went to different places, and like, oh, don't go, don't go. You, you'll never return. We had great, we had a great time. Had a great time everywhere we went. We had a great time. Met met a lot of great people. I uh, had a lot of fun, a lot, met a lot of different Europeans and, and whatnot there, and just had a lot of fun. We've always the, had a- the, the lockdown, John, was crazy, though, I do agree, uh, especially Canada. I mean, we were we were touring at that time, and, and uh, obviously COVID shut us down from touring because mm-hmm. no shows. Yeah. Once it opened up, we were the first to hit the road, and we scored some of our best gigs we got an arena gig up in wisconsin you know it all started to open up but can't we were supposed to go to manitoba and they wouldn't let us in even with the shots they were they were just really you know um it was like this i it was like 1984 here honest to god i read the book i never thought i'd see it for myself so it was like mm-hmm. you know when we left here i said i that, right so unless something big changes but so it seems like the world is spinning the other direction but they were they're going the wrong way here for a long time you know so they had the biggest protest on the planet here you know mm-hmm. and that, that yeah started to turn things but uh that wasn't without a lot of a lot of problems here so but, uh, sure sure it's it a big live, eye opener do your children live in canada yeah, they do. Um, my one son's in Toronto. Uh, they're both my boys are both twenty nine, and my daughter's thirty. So she lives in Ottawa. Okay. Um, yeah, they're all doing pretty well, which is which is really good. So good. I did That's my awesome. job as a. You did a good <laughs> job there, Daddy. <laughs> hey, li- hey, listen, John. If worse comes to worse, you got a gun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you got if you got to you got to threaten them. You know. Or, or you just sing really poorly for them and just give them a big headache. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't like to say the G word up here in Canada, but, you know, I've got no problem with hunters and have never had any issue with any any people. You know, the hunt, hunters and people that people that are actual responsible firearms people, they, the only ones are the irresponsible bad guys with that, that are really reckoning. it. Yeah. And, you know, politicians love... Use that as an excuse to take everything away from everybody. But yeah, pretty pretty much. You, you you've nailed it on we're the not, head across the board. <laughs> we're not we're not quitting hunting up here anytime soon. So, I know, and not down here either. <laughs> there's two things that that are never going to stop in Canada. One is hunting. Two is hockey. Yes, and they both start with an H, and that's it. It's just. <laughs> It's not going to stop, but that's, uh, you, honestly, you nailed it on the head, John. It really is. Um, but, uh, your musical journey has been just phenomenal. Your career has been phenomenal. I mean, you know, first and foremost, to, to spend your career as a, as a, as a law enforcement, that in and of itself is, is a whole different planet. It is. You know, that you got to wrap your head around and life around and everything else. And then to combine that, and then, but his music, music, his music saved his soul, like in American I, Pie. I think I think you're probably right there. I found music very um, uh, inspirational because yes. I, there there were some pretty dark times that you know 
you know, you go through a divorce there many years ago. That was pretty mm-hmm. dark time. Um, music was the the one sort of constant in my life that always seemed to kind of, you know, it's like your it's like your man's best friend, your dog. You yeah. got home, it doesn't matter what kind of a day, he'll show up and and lick your face every day. But you know, music kind of is that way too. It may not be as inspired, but you know, the the melody will always always transcend and you know inspire you you're right you're absolutely right whenever whenever i'm down whenever something you know bad has happened or even good whatever music for me has always been a very important part of my life very very important part of my life music's like time travel in a way because it's like you know as soon as you hear a song that made an imprint on you or an impression on you you're instantly you're instantly revisiting that that feel takes you back right you know so. yes well you know i mean i'll always I, remember I, I, uh, I was part of that whole movement you know i was a love child i was you know <laughs> i didn't i didn't smoke the no i lie i smoked pop once and santa claus danced on my head and it was the worst feeling in the world and it was god saying you're never gonna do this again girl <laughs> you know so i never got in I was a deadhead without the drugs, you know. I mean, like Janis Joplin was my idol, you know. But music to me was always my thing. It was always my thing. It always brought me out of everything. It always made me happy. It still does. It still. I could ride for hours in my car with my music blasting and just having a great time for myself, you know. One of my biggies, uh, John, growing up was Elton John, and I'm sure you loved them as well. And I could listen to specific Elton John songs to this day and know exactly where I was mm-hmm. when I heard that song. You know, absolutely for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and it could be something as stupid as I was being dropped off at football practice when I was seven. <laughs> You're like it's it, it really goes back that far. It's like it's like even Elton John and Kiki D. You know what I mean? Like they just like boom, okay, back in high school dance, right? You know, you know, Rocket Man's what a fabulous tune. So it's like you know, I love playing that tune. Like I do a finger style kind of version. Uh, Jason Mraz uh, popped one up there, so I kind of worked up his kind of style. Like, I can't say like Elton, but you know, I can I can play the tune, but. He, <laughs> Who can? There is crazy glasses. You buy some crazy glasses. That's yeah, so all you need is the glasses. You <laughs> That's all you need. Pretty much. I love the, you know, John, for, for all the musicians out there that are listening, uh, when you when you dive into, uh, and I, we've had a lot of musicians on the show, um, yes. but when you dive into finger picking, people- yeah. Musicians don't realize what an art form that really is, even even aside from slide guitar. Slide guitar is like its own art form. Finger picking, whether it be on acoustic or a banjo or whatever, is another art form. And it really is. And I've noticed, and I, I've taken notice recently of some guitarists that are in the rock genre, even hard rock genre, that are out there without a pick now and you see yeah. them playing more yeah. with their thumb yeah. and twanging and and mm-hmm. using legato you know to do what they need to do but folks really don't realize or appreciate the skill set 
and the, the amount of work and, and, and practice it takes to actually successfully finger pick. Bluegrass uh, style, country style, you know, it's a serious art form. It's uh, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's sort of taking like piano ideas and, and, you know, imposing them on a guitar and the guitar is really like a collapsed piano neck with that, you know, it's like you take sections of it, you repeat them over and over. So it allows you to do multiple de- different voicings and fingerings and inversions. So, so like a number of, of years ago, probably when I, not all that long ago, maybe about eight years, I started to want to, you know, rather than just playing by ear, which I, I tend to rely on, even though I know music, the guitar I learned primarily by ear. So like that's, that's what I draw on. So if theory works with that, it sort of helps. I always use the theory to help me along with that. But uh, I've been, you know, kind of working with, you know, triads and different things. And, you know, there's, you know, like take John Mayer, for example. Oh, yeah. oh he's awesome. I, you know, I, I'd say, you know, in, in my head, my style kind of, I, I, there's a, there's a thing about John Mayer that I kind of feel I'm kind of in that same, same realm, but I mean, where I'm, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not in his realm, but it's like, I sort of hear my music in that kind of a genre. It's kind of the where same, same flavor. Right. Yeah. You know, you're using your thumb to create a different and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Like the song, um, my album, nothing to lose. I would say it's, it sounds John Mayer influenced, but it's not something he would have, he did or anything like that. So, but, uh, I, I think there's a, a bit of him in there. So I'm kind of developing my own thing using different rhythm, but he does a lot of that kind of muting and thumb picking mm-hmm. at the same time. Really, you know, it's very Hendrixy. Uh, it's, it's like a yes. Ritable. Yes. Stevie, Stevie Jeff Ray Beck. Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jeff Beck. Yeah. You know, Jeff Beck yeah. never used to pick. Uh, he put baby powder on his hands all the time and comes up with these wonderful uh, textures. I saw him it would be in 2018. Uh, you know, he's passed away now, but I saw him in Toronto and uh, fabulous. What a great show. He's such a, an interesting guy. You know? Yeah. I mean, to say the least, but you know, when you, when you watch him play and, and the simplicity, or, well, I can't say simplicity. It's just, they make it look easy. Yeah. No, it's like, I say simplicity, it's but it's really not simple. It's, it's deep. It's deep and it's very you know, he, he puts a lot of thought behind what he does. Right. He just makes it look easy. He appears, to, he appears to be able to play what he feels he wants to play. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's following a script. Like, he just kind of plays whatever. I always wanted to get to that point of mastery where I could just play what I'm hearing. But, you know what I mean? That's it's, that's like a kind of an end game uh, pursuit. So I think we're getting closer to that by, you know, knowing the fretboard and finger style certainly helped that. You know, it kind of gives you a, a, um, um, a more rounder look at the, the, the way chords change across the neck. Like, you know, my music isn't blues oriented, so you, you, you can't ignore the chord changes a lot of times in my music. So, so I have to play through them. So that's kind of forced me to understand the, the chord I'm playing over. And you want to keep that in mind. And so, so that way you craft a great melody over top of the chord, right? So. But, um, you know, in that in that way, that's kind of where I'm I'm at now, trying to pull a great melody out of my own head. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> the never ending battle. 
<laughs> John, tell, tell all of our listeners where they can find you. Okay. Um, well, I'm on streaming under my uh, my own name, John Dorsch. So it'd be uh, Apple Music, um, Deezer, there's the other platform, and Spotify. Um, the album's doing very well. So it's like I checked yesterday, I guess, uh, the song Faith in Me has about, about 50,000, 55,000 plays so far. Nice. Great. Uh, nice. And you get like what? Point oh 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 eight cents uh, a play. <laughs> um, it might be it might be about two hundred bucks for coming out. You get a royalty <laughs> check for like a dollar ninety. <laughs> but hey, you know, but hey, back in the day, if you sold fifty thousand, you know, copies of your single in Canada, that would be a gold record in Canada. No, totally. Anyway, you'd be o- you'd be opening for Rush. Are you on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram? I'm on Facebook uh, as well. It's under John Dorsch Music. Okay. So just my name, John Dorsch Music. And I also have a YouTube channel as well. It's John Dorsch, John Dorsch Music on YouTube as well. So Great. you'll find all my, my video videos on there. My wife helps me curate the videos and, and things like that. This is a really do-it-at-home at project. So mm-hmm. she's my number one you know, assistant, producer, photographer, we do all our director. Is that her behind you whipping you right now? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> no, she's she's in the house. She knows I'm doing that. She's been making a surprise in the oven. I'm not sure what it is. So well, I'm gonna be well. It's a surprise. That That's what a good. surprise is. You're not supposed to know. Hey, John. Let me ask you this because be, being a uh, you know being a Canadian and uh, me being a lover of rock and roll, are you a big fan? Of the band Triumph, I you know Triumph was one of the one of the live shows I saw first. I love Rick Emmett. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I when I was going to high school, I heard Triumph had came to our high school. So I always remember Your high, school? high school. <laughs> yeah, they played. I used they used to show up there and like you know blow everybody's hearing out because there was such a crazy crazy band, right? So, but uh, they had the album Rock and Roll Machine, and they they opened up for. Um, Forgetting now who the band was they opened up for. They were in Ottawa. No, actually, they were headlining in Ottawa. It was like in probably 1979 or something like that. So they were playing on the grounds, and they did Rock and Roll Machine. And, and Rick Emmett's such a fabulous musician. I met him. Jeez. I met him twice, actually. <laughs> what, a, what a gentleman. But he was running around the football field, did one whole lap playing the the solo in Rock and Roll Machine. And you know what I mean? <laughs> Wireless. That was before anybody had a wireless. He would, yeah, like, totally. And then I saw them again do Allied Forces. What a hard rock album that was. That that whole album, you got to put it on and listen to the whole album. It's okay. like an experience. It is really a whole album thing. And right. I, and I seen them um, back in the day in New Jersey. Yeah, they had check this out. They had Ingve Malmsteen as their opening wow. act. They were the headliner. And this was when Ingve Malmsteen had Joe Lynn Turner singing for him. Oh, yes. That's so right. they put out that album, and it was just like a, a completely phenomenal album. Yeah, and then cool. and then Triumph came. And, and, and Ingve came out, tore it up. I mean, I was in awe. And then yeah. Triumph came out, and I was like, you have to be shitting me. They were un. Unbelievable, and the vocal power, like his vocal power, is like unmatched. Like you know, he can he can play an acoustic and sing like that, 
his, and he's got that, he's got the higher range. They had the harmonies. I mean, and they're, again, a three-piece. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Rush, you know. Canada no comes out with three pieces that just own the world. <laughs> no, no safety net there. So it's like no safety net at all. <laughs> well, John, we could probably talk to you. I mean, my son could probably talk to you for another hour. <laughs> we can. So I was. I'm very, I'm very excited that uh, you accepted the invitation. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. And awesome. uh, as you're, again, this is Funny Minds. I'm your host, Lynn B. My son is my co-host, Edward. And we've been with John Dorsch, who has put out an album that uh, Elevation that sounds like it's going to be really exciting for him to go through all of this and watch how it progresses. And I have to listen to some of these songs now and uh, I'll be looking for you in the future. Yeah. But John, you got to watch out because she's a groupie. <laughs> Warn your I'm wife groupie. now. <laughs> not yeah. She's a total groupie. <laughs> no, I'm not. But <laughs> I have proof. I'd like to thank uh, everybody for watching the show. And if you go on funnyminds.com, we have a silly store with crazy things. But uh, most importantly of all, we there's two organizations that are, are very dear to us, and that is um, Women's Breast Cancer and, Ch and St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So there's an area on the website that has a big purple heart, and if you press that and you care to, you can donate to those organizations. And... Um, John, again, thank you so much. It's been very interesting. I know my son has been very excited talking to you. And maybe in, in, in a couple of months, maybe, or six months, we'll, we'll get back to you again and see what you're doing. And uh, because I, I, I'm just amazed that, you know, after, John, John, we'll even do, though, we'll even do though do he's my two, son, we listen And you to and I will bust out the acoustics and do, uh, <laughs> we'll do uh, more than words from extreme or something. <laughs> And just blow well, people my, away. My wife and I hacked through that one a little while back. I don't think we ever put it out or anything like that, but we played around with it. So it's like, but a great song. Great, harm great harmonies. It reminded me of Queen when I saw them live in, in Toronto. They were like a Queen show. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I saw Queen. They were absolutely with, with Freddie and unbelievable. Unbelievable. But again, I say to my fans, I love you. I hope you love the show. I hope you love this episode. And be happy, be healthy, be wise, be non-judgmental. And listen to his music. Listen to John's music, smile, and don't forget to laugh. Because laughter is the best medicine. Again, John, I thank you. And have fun in the Philippines. Enjoy your yes. um, vacation. And we're, I'm going to check back with you in about six months. And maybe we'll awesome. come on again and we'll see what's going on with you, okay? We'll have to catch up then for sure. So, But thank you very much for having me on. I very much appreciate it. Thank, okay. thank you so much, John. Pleasure. Yes, John. Absolutely. Thank you. You were really a You and your great, family be safe and be well. A great guest. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.